Folks, welcome to Blackout of Sunrise. Today's guest is Mr. John Mulvaney, a Cork slash Dublin-based filmmaker and director of photography. John is receiving has been receiving notoriety and recognition of late for his series of mini documentaries under the name Fractured. The Fractured series focuses on bands and artists in the Irish underground and alternative music scene. He has also he's also made music videos for bands for the likes of Declan O'Rourke and Wizards of Firetop Mountain. John, welcome. Good evening. <laughs> Good. We might Notor- start notoriety. <laughs> no- <laughs> I said I'd throw it in there. I know. I'd, I'd, ma- I'd make you sound good, you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, spreading rumours about myself. <laughs> That's what that Twitter page would get mm. you. We might start with Fractured, uh, John. Sure. So far, so uh, Fractured, like I said, is a series of mini documentaries on bands and the like, but um, it's seven episodes deep in a proposed series of 14 Yes. Originally 12, now 14, possibly now more. 14, okay. yeah. Well, at, at this point, it, it, it was 12 initially, but I just ended up committing to a few things and just uh, almost in a way that's where you're working with bands, you've no idea what way things are going to pan out at all. And I had opportunities to work with bands that I didn't think I would and they were willing to, to hop on board and I just couldn't really say no. And that's good recognition in itself, though. Yeah, it? well, I think for, it was a case where it was kind of initially when you're you're starting off with something like this, where you're dealing with the types of bands that I'm dealing with. A lot of them can be a bit cautious around it as well, you know. And I think I specifically had in mind bands I wanted to work with, but at the same time, I kind of needed the, the series to kickstart so they could actually see what it was I was trying to do and it's good that you've released some you know what I mean that you hadn't planned to do the whole 12 or 14 and didn't release them as one block at least you can people can go oh this is the work he's no, doing you know I, 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 I would have hated to do that and I think it would have been awful for the bands as well and it would have worked out kind of strange because well I suppose it's even just you just don't know how as I say you don't know how things are going to work out like one of the one of the bands I worked with already on it have already broken up so I mean if you're releasing that a year after you've started filming yeah. it it just it's it's no longer relevant and the whole point of the series was supposed to be something that was current and happening right now as opposed to hey here's bands of here's a band from 10 years ago you know historical footage no absolutely not i mean the way the series initially was perceived or conceived was supposed to be an actual traditional documentary on irish underground music and it would have been full of a lot of things that I'm glad I never did because I don't think it would have been all that interesting to watch and I think just not having the way to make it happen is what led it to be in a web series initially it was supposed to be like a feature length documentary and I think almost like Headbangers Journey or something yeah yeah but without the back slapping dick waving kind of nonsense that goes on and stuff like that I mean that's all fun and whatever else but we don't tend to go in for that kind of nonsense it's nice to be objective yeah, I think so. I think there's, I just, I always just felt there was a real core of music in this country that has never really got the attention it deserved. And I mean, between metal and like alternative music and like ambient dark wave kind of droney kind of stuff, there's so much stuff out there like punk never really gets talked about all that much, you know. And I just felt there was a, a real scene there that you could have actually gotten your teeth into if you were, if you were into that kind of thing. And, you know, that's just that's just the way it is. So so far, you have there's seven episodes. There's Abaddon and Carnet. There's Elinkus from Galway. There's Krahur Odrona f- of from the Bogs of Okishka. 
Cold War, isn't it? Brian Kniff, who's an electronic DJ or producer from Dublin, isn't it? I, I would say D if you call him a DJ, DJ. he'd probably vomit on you. Um, no, he's I'll edit that out. I, 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 <laughs> no, don't, don't. It'll, it'll annoy him. Brian, uh, <laughs> the DJ Kniff. <laughs> yes, uh, he's like a. I, I would consider him, I suppose, more of a composer. Okay. Um, musician he's a multi-instrumentalist and stuff but he's done so much stuff it's very hard to very hard to define one particular thing he does so but he's a very interesting character that's cool yeah. there's um okay joseph deegan from slitter is it slitter yeah and daryl o'leary or daryl daryl o'leary from uh invictus promotions so how did the project come about initially what was the the, the thought process behind it and was it like did you feel like you wanted to highlight the, the the whole scene in itself or was it just because you loved heavy music that you wanted it to was do? i've always just been a fan of extreme music whether it's like extreme electronics extreme noise extreme metal or whatever you want to whatever you want to label it i guess you know i've always just really liked kind of extreme extreme music and as i said like initially it was supposed to be uh a feature documentary and it wasn't going to work just there was too much stuff too much logistics i'm just one guy with a camera and i couldn't pull all that pull all that stuff off so i decided to go back to the table on it and figure out a way to make it work and by doing it as a web series it means you could kind of give snapshots of different things as opposed to trying to create one flowing narrative within a, a film or a documentary the way you yeah. would in a traditional sense okay and by doing it as individual smaller <laughs> smaller films it meant you could kind of you could hop you could go from a grindcore band to experimental electronics and drone black metal and to a label like daryl leary's you know what i mean it meant you could kind of give more of a snapshot of what was going on right now in ireland at the time as opposed to trying to tell a, a greater story with it and i think from that way it kind of as they gives you that freedom of just having variety i think initially i said like, i could sit down and just make a documentary or a series on just like death metal bands in ireland but you kind of want to keep that variety and people are you, the, the idea is really to try and get people who aren't necessarily into that genre of music to look at it as well and you're trying to open things up and by keeping that variety there means that even if you're not necessarily into grindcore music you might be willing to sit through seven minutes yeah. of a bad incarnate to see what it is they're actually about you yeah. know and you're not pigeonholing yourself in any sort of way no either. and I, I think i would personally like my taste of music is very broad across different spectrums i listen to everything from jazz music through to grindcore so i mean i wouldn't want to just do the one thing anyway you know with it and i think from this point of view at least it gives everyone a bit of something to look forward to with it so when did the idea come to you originally uh i mean well jesus i actually just going back i think it was 2013 when i started initially doing interviews with people for what would originally was supposed to be the feature documentary and i got i was getting bands interested in talking to them then and trying to get them signed on as it were i suppose uh when that kind of fell apart i just took a, a while off from it and i think i started filming the first time I actually started filming for the series was 2014 at this point, okay. which was actually with Abaddon Incarnate. Uh, it was the first film in it, and it was also the first band I actually started rolling on as well. Uh, that took a long time to get it finished, though. We ended up taking nearly seven or eight months in between shoots and the way things went. And then at that stage, I'd started filming with Brian and stuff like that, and things started to kind of snowball from there. So eventually, it kind of it took a while to get to where it was, but... It was always kind of like I was talking to people and trying to 
get things lined up at least and kind of get a feel for what people were interested in with it as well you know did you have an idea from the get-go who you'd, who you'd like to have as part or who you'd like to feature in it or i did yeah like it, and it's very different from who's actually in it now because the, one of the reasons why i wanted to do this was because these bands that i really love in this country and same as yourself you've probably had so many favorite bands that have come out of ireland some of them don't last very long they're fleeting yeah yeah like you might have some bands that are they could go for 10 years and then just throw in the tail or they might go for six months release something absolutely brilliant and then throw in the tail so the bands that i approached over half them had actually broken up in the year year and a half in between and it's absolutely bonkers i mean some of them are absolutely brilliant bands and just the way it is some of them aren't on permanent breaks either they just kind of they do their own thing you know it's like taking a break or whatever else and timing isn't right for it you know where at the time it might have been right when i initially approached them and just just the way things go yeah so i mean there was always one or two bands that i had in my head there was more kind of i guess i started thinking more in terms of the musicians as opposed to whatever bands they happened to be in yeah because even then there was the musicians that i had in my head and in between they've gone through two bands kind okay, of thing okay, you know okay. <laughs> so it's just it's just the way it is that's kind of handy though you know you can well, yeah, it's not really, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's stressful enough when you're trying to plan out shooting with 14 bands over a period of time without having to worry about who might break up. Or, But it's just, unfortunately, it's just the way it is, you know. It's just, and if that's, maybe that's the lifetime of some of these bands, you know, maybe they only ever wanted to release one album that's all they ever did and sometimes it might be enough though you know sometimes bands could release something and just be like yeah we're done we're know? done it yeah, yeah that's yeah. it and that, absolutely and that's that's what i love about a lot of them but uh, you'll find it with a lot of the bands that i'm i've worked with in this and i'll be working with in the next couple of months or a lot of the guys have been in they've been around a long time you know there's they're definite lifers in terms of the types of music that they're into and they continuously play in as well yeah. so like Abbott and Incarnate, for one, that they've been around for Jesus, yeah. a long time, you know. They're actually one of the, the first, I suppose, like, death metal bands I ever got into. Yeah. Which is bonkers, really. I think they were the first Irish death metal band I ever saw, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many, many years That's ago. That's it. Yeah. Oh, like, I remember being in school and one of my good friends, uh, Dara, was, he had, one of his, his sister or something was going out with one of the the band members or something like that and they had one of the tapes from their previous band bereaved and that's how we first heard them because he copied me when i'm like on my lunch break or something like that and just gave me the tape and got got fairly big into back them. in the good old days back when you get that tape days. and you treasure it yeah when you were 13 and cycling home from your your uh, lunch break in school you know <laughs> i like it what yeah. were people like when um you approached them then with the idea you know the individual bands and musicians when you approached them with the idea of being part of this series were they like forthcoming were they happy to do it or was there any people who kind of shied away from it that didn't want that kind of yeah it was it, it's been kind of kind of strange i guess like initially like for when you approached like abaddon incarnate they had no idea what the fuck i was doing they were just like okay cool look we know you I, i've known them kind of for years like i've known bill for a long time through other people as well so he knew me at least and he knew that i wasn't some kind of fucking moron with a camera just looking to do something stupid with them so they kind of trusted me to do whatever it was and they were absolutely really surprised with the finished thing and then from that point it kind of made it easier because at least i could show some of the bands what it was 
that I was doing it seriously, that I wasn't just, I wasn't, I was genuinely into the music and I wasn't just some outsider trying to poke fun at guys wearing leather jackets and whatever else. And like some of the bands were... And not a hanger on, you know? How no, well that's yeah. it. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't really into the music because in fairness, you're not going to get famous or fucking get rich working with metal bands in general. <laughs> uh and definitely not working with grindcore bands or no, black that, metal bands. You have not, to be doing it for the love of it. And that's not the X Factor moneymaker. No, definitely not. No, uh, sure. This is just the way it is. But I mean, from that point on, like I, most bands were really interested in the idea that I approached. One or two didn't want to do it, um, which is absolutely fine. I can totally understand it. One or one or two bands were like, "Look, don't have a problem. We think you're what you're doing is really good, but it's not really for us right now." And that was the end of that and that's cool too you know that they're not oh, going like, to be wasting your time you no, shooting no, stuff. that was it I mean like in fairness there, there were bands that I really wanted to work with um, like they were kind of like I'll approach them straight away and see what they say just chance my arm and they said no and I 100, 100% respect their decision to do that because they've got their own things to worry about as well without the likes of me getting a camera up in their face and it, well from what I could see from what I've seen well I've seen all of them but they didn't it, it didn't seem overly invasive you know the, I know, the style it's not really but if you're in any way self-conscious and you put a guy with a camera into the room especially me because I'm constantly fucking around when I'm trying to film <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way it's just like as in like I'd be using multiple cameras and lenses and stuff and I'd be there's stuff to do. You don't just get into a room and just like set up a tripod. And yeah, yeah. I don't even use a tripod in these things, but like you're just trying to just get it done at the same time. And like most bands, some bands didn't even notice I was there, and others would be a bit more self conscious. I think, but overall, like they were really, really enthusiastic. Um, like the one I was surprised with was Slitter. I I just didn't think Joe would want to do it at all, but um, he was absolutely one hundred percent into it and went out of his way to, to help me get what I needed to do for that one and I think it probably turned out one of the best as well I think yeah, yeah that's one of the, I think that's the last one oh no the last one I watched was the Cold War the Cold War was the last one yeah, yeah. I only knew uh, uh, Joseph Deegan through f- I don't know him but I knew his tattoo work through Absolutely, yeah. Facebook and he's tattooed a friend of mine in Dublin actually a lot of times but man he's an amazing tattoo artist he's it? extremely talented yeah. yeah yeah I haven't seen his band actually Slither, Slither yeah. Well, they've only they've only played one Irish gig anyway, okay. which was the the Siege of Limerick, which at least I was able to film that time with it. Okay. So that was one of the biggest problems with that one was it was like, well, we don't rehearse because he's one guy and he plays with a bunch of musicians from Iceland. And oh, is that the setup? Is that's it? it okay. Yeah, it's it, the band is made up with Sinmara, and at the time it was um, Stephen uh, from Rebirth of ne- Nefast as well. And uh, Studio Emissary from Iceland. He's another Irish guy who's out there. But um, like it was a real one shot on that where if it didn't work, we wouldn't have been able to do the film at all because they did the one time I could film with them for rehearsing. Yeah. And it was the one live show as well. And if something just wasn't right with the live show, the footage would have looked crap. And it worked out very well, though. Joe was really into it. And as I said, gave they, it they all translate really well, though. They all, none of them seem overly different to each other if that makes it you know they all kind of have y- your stamp or something okay you know? yeah you know, yeah they, they don't seem too i know like 
I did notice that that Slither one was it was one kind of band practice shot, but yeah, I didn't question it for a minute. It just seemed yeah. To well. well, I guess yeah. I mean, it's it's down to really what you can do with the bands themselves. You know, like it was actually Joe's idea, I think, for me to go and film with him when he was doing some tattoo work and or tattoo design and uh or working on some art as well i mean that was his his suggestion i always kind of say that the bands as well if there's anything else that you think might work visually uh let me know and sure we can try and figure something out like the Alenka's guys came straight back to me with going to film them when they were recording their last ep as well a few other bands have just thrown other ideas out connor suggested as well about doing the the Cliffs of Moher stuff, which kind of made sense, really, because that was another extremely limited one from for the from the bogs from the bogs, yeah. Because he was playing one show in Dublin, and very that was interesting, it. though. Yeah, very yeah interesting. and like we had nothing else. We that's could film. the beauty of it, man. That's the yeah. beauty of it that you're connecting to the human as opposed to the thing. You know, mm. it's like show as much as much variety as you can. I know you're limited in the time frame, and you can't be editing too much stuff, but like. T- it just it just offers another connection to the band outside of the people in the band or you know it offers the the, the human yeah absolutely you know? i mean that was the the conscious decision i made really was just i, I mean like i love traditional documentaries i love getting the info from them and being t- taken on a narrative with them but i find for short documentaries the idea of having people sitting there talking to a camera about stuff it just seems like bullshit to me it's just it's it's that's one of the things I wanted to ask you was yeah. stylistically it's different from say like VH1 behind the music where you know ask a question and you know yeah I mean that was that's part of it what you're saying like I really just wanted to have the, the musician talk themselves about how they felt about their music or what drove them and kind of give you that as you say that other connection with whether it's like well it was the landscape that he's into that kind of inspired him and here's his performance live performance or here's these guys like recording their album as opposed to just guys sitting there and kind of stroking their chins and talking about so, stuff yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know like i mean it's fine and all but for me i just find something a bit forced and especially nowadays where every single shitty reality tv stuff has people being interviewed out of context about something that they just have been prepped on like two minutes beforehand oh i remember the rubik's cube yeah it's like fuck off just shit tv you know <laughs> i, I kind of wanted to just make it sure that it wasn't like shit tv <laughs> so i, I, I don't know <laughs> let you be the judge if this is shit tv please contact <laughs> yeah please send me a fucking report card on it and <laughs> text text serious abuse yeah. to this number here's my shit tv <laughs> ring dial this Dot number com. yeah please vote <laughs> <laughs> The f- actually the first one I came across was uh, the Alinkus one actually I think yeah. because uh, I probably followed them on Facebook or Twitter or something and they had shared it and I thought it was a good test this kind of because I know those guys and we play with them and we've played shows in Galway and they put us right, up and stuff okay, but yeah. it was kind of good to watch a documentary where you're not kind of going oh I know the lads you know it was like that was kind of removed it was just like watching a documentary about a band you know it was sure, of, yeah. it was nice to have that objective viewpoint you know so yeah, it came across really well. Brilliant. Uh, From the Bogs was another really interesting one, actually. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a, a fairly well from Ireland anyway. It's from that perspective, it's quite unique, and he's one hundred percent into it. You know, he's an interesting guy, very outspoken guy as well. Um, definitely a character. I know Brian as well. Actually, Brian was just in 
He was on tour with uh, yeah, uh, Abigail Williams. Abigail was there. Williams, yeah, yeah, yeah. On a European tour. Brian gets around. He gets around a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a right little band slot, isn't he? <laughs> the metal whore, <laughs> metal whore Sullivan. Yeah. So but, oh yeah, he's done he's done a huge amount of stuff. But yeah. he's, he's a good chap as well. I remember meeting Brian years ago. He was in a band called Captain Encino. I don't know if you ever remember. He actually things. did send me on some of their stuff. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. They live, live up to the name. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they supported Cannibal Corpse actually in the Kruskian Lawn many years ago. No way. He was a fresh faced no long hair bunny at that stage oh really anyway let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually asked Brian to come on the show but I'm hoping he will soon yeah well, let's insult him some more and yeah. see if he will accept your offer yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing myself any justice so you've decided on all the other people who are going to feature or have you got the other like seven yeah they've, all they've all pretty much all been locked, up. locked okay. in since the first month or two of when I st- they started launching I guess okay Um. when do you hope to have them all Finito, done, dusted, printed. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's no, no, definitely not. No, I, I, the filming is nearly, I'd say probably around eighty percent complete. Oh, okay. For everything else, okay. um, I took a bit of a break just with releasing them after the Cold War one. Um, it just it coincided with life pulling me off in different directions. Mm. Um, your move to Cork. Move to Cork. Yeah. Bye. But, uh, Town. yeah, uh, close enough to Dublin if you need to run back, you know. You are very close to Dublin, in yeah. Town, actually. <laughs> it's the closest to Dublin you can be if in you Cork. live in Cork, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You can see the Limerick border, um, but oh, it was just life's just been so hectic that it was like take a break, just get get everything together because we've had problems with some of the filming as well with some bands, like one band in particular. There's just been like spinal tap levels of disaster oh. along the way, and nothing events completely out of their control. I think every single band member in in that band has ended up in hospital at some stage in the last eight months, and it's just like you can't foresee that. You can't you can't plan these things, and like you you have a schedule in your head of things the way the way you you want things to be released, and something happens like that, and you're you're banking on the footage. It's like okay, well nothing I can do now. I have to move on to the next one and some bands just had to be moved around like that and it's it, it they'll, they'll all still be released it's just the order kind of gets messed up so i think taking a break for me was was a good thing life is kind of hectic and i didn't want to get burnt out on it either because it's fairly time consuming it's good to have those other kind of bands lined up though you know if you that if there, if there is any hold up with one particular band that you can kind of go oh well oh I, well I this is it yeah, yeah like, you weren't like oh shit I don't want to ring another band and no 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 like ah no like it's it, that that's exactly it like you just kind of need to have some kind of plan because uh, I I remember doing some research on web series stuff and they're like oh either like always have your episodes filmed or whatever else and it's like okay that makes perfect sense but. I threw that out the window and just kind of I it worked out fine for the first half of the season and it'll work out fine for the second half. But I think splitting it up for me just it 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 wasn't something I initially planned, but taking three months off from releasing them is the best thing to do just because you want them to be as best as they can as well. And I've had to go back and reshoot some footage with some of the bands just because I wasn't quite happy with it. Uh I wanted to go back and refilm some of the Cold War stuff. I wasn't particularly happy with the live footage in it, but unfortunately they'd broken up and oh have Cold War broken up they broke up yeah Jesus um, they broke up they broke up like 
about a week before we actually released the film. Fuck. Yeah, so back in January. Uh, it's just, I think things have Jeez, they were together course. a long time. They were, yeah. yeah they've, they were one of those bands. Almost like a bad incarnate where you just kind of see their name so often on posters, you'd think they'll always be there, you mm. know, that kind of mm. way. But um, yeah, just that was one that I wanted to go back and just it was getting harder and harder to try and get a date for some live footage and okay. then they just pulled the plug. So Just had enough. I think so, yeah. I think they've been playing together so long and I don't know. I okay, I, yeah. I don't know really to be honest with you. But yeah. I, I I guess it's just a case of ah oh, fuck it sure. Yeah. What we've done what we can with Cold War, you know, yeah. and I know Paul had said something like that anyway, that they'd they kind of felt they'd they'd done all they could with it really. Yeah. So I don't doubt that they'll be back with other musical projects anyway. Whether yeah. they well, I suppose yeah you <laughs> You can't say they never tried, you know. They've been oh, going Jesus, for a yeah. long, long time. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm. Um, and the last album was brilliant. I thought, I thought it was really good. I haven't heard the last album, actually. I think, Jesus, I haven't haven't listened to the band in a long time. I'm yeah, that's it. Like, And they've, they've changed pretty much like over every single album they've released as well. So you probably wouldn't even recognise them off the last album. But, yeah, there you go. Was there anything that surprised you about... Um, bands as you were filming them you know like or, or was there anything that i don't know should I, how to phrase this but was there anything that people who mightn't be familiar with the scene or the undergo metal scene would that would surprise them about heavy bands and alternative bands in general um yeah I, well the biggest thing for me i guess well there's a couple of things that really struck me um one of them was how much fucking crack most of the bands are that I've worked with and it's something I owe I, I, I've never been in a band I'm not a musician at all so you spend time around most bands and they just really are like a bunch of fucking brothers just beating the shit out of each other the whole time just in, in a good way you know uh, and that really I thought was brilliant just how much fun everyone was and it's something you might not get from the music but most of them are just having an absolute blast when they're they're doing it you know they, they might be serious or the music might sound serious or harsh or intense but they get up on stage and they just do it and they're actually it's real just cathartic for them they get off and they have a beer and they're just having a laugh about it and that i thought that was really interesting i think the other thing i suppose that really struck me and it's probably the the real core of the series is that it's that art for the sake of art thing really where like you get a funny look if you like when you ask them like if like how many albums they'd sold or something like that okay, they'd be just yeah, like yeah. who cares you know like they don't they give away half their shit at gigs you know and they just there's no idea on how much something is going to cost them whether it, it's but it's just about doing something for the sake of art they don't care if it'll sell albums or not or people will like it it's just it's something that's I think is missing from an awful lot of music and a lot of film stuff as well i think it's people get bogged down with this notion of commercialization of things and it's been really really eye-opening really to work with people like that over the last year and it's kind of changed my opinion again i think on what i want to do with film uh i think it definitely it's made me realize that i'd rather be just making film for the sake of film than whether it's going to appeal to demographics or anything like that at all and i think that can be the death knell for yeah artistic as well as it gives you a freedom in a sense you know that if you're this is this yeah to i appease mean he's a certain type yeah of i mean i think it's as when it comes to music it's as pure as it gets you know there's no there's no no one sitting there thinking oh will this be our single and will this sell to 
X, Y, and Z. You know, they just go in there, they record what they want to hear, and usually it's fairly uncompromising. And they commit at the end of the day, and they're they're happy with it. You know, what surprises me is the years have gone on. I'm not surprised, but the level of professionalism with a lot of bands in terms of even the equipment and stuff that they use. You know, it's just like. Oh and yeah, and even competency of musicians and like what people spend on getting stuff recorded and blah blah. Absolutely, blah. and I, I, I think it's it's really interesting to see how far the recordings on like even demos now have come along in the last ten or fifteen years. I know obviously that's down to probably more digital technology, but Jesus, there's some difference with it. Like, I mean, like you couldn't ever say you can't use that excuse anymore that this band isn't successful because it doesn't sound like that slick american band because i was just driving down here listening to baylor oh yeah yeah. Baylor. i mean that's they're a new band out they just released their ep and i mean sounds great yeah. you know and it sounds as good as anything yeah. coming out of america totally or UK. Pro, like, yeah, yeah. that's it you know and it's yeah. like every band i've worked with i think unless they've gone for a specific style which is a bit more dirty around the edges but even then it still sounds great i think you know it's just they know what they're doing and I, maybe with a lot of the bands I'm working with they're older as well they're they know they've been around the block I guess you know so they, they're very specific ideas about what they want to do and they probably know a lot of people as well who are like getting involved in production stuff and it all sounds great you know they are working on some of the, the releases yeah lately have been absolutely brilliant it's as well it's kind of leveled the playing field in a sense you know you've... that's it yeah that's one thing I've always I've been arguing over the last year with people that the only thing stopping some of these bands from being more successful is the fact that we're probably on an island and it's just expensive for them to, to go and <laughs> to <travel>. leave. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, like, some of the bands that we have are just, are doing really well for themselves anyway, and I think they're definitely going to do better and better over the next couple of years, but there's nothing to differentiate them from in terms of production or, like, artwork or anything at all from other bigger bands in the scene, and... It's great. Really, really good time for extreme Irish music, I think. It's a good place to take a break. Yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, you're you know, actually recording now. Okay. I am. I'm, I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I might not edit that out. Um, yeah, because I was going to ask you: was it um, something that you could see translatable to, um, like commercial TV and stuff? You know. But then I was reading like your um, interview with uh, Invisible Oranges, where you were saying you were quite critical of like kind of commercial radio or commercial tv in ireland justifiably but um that you didn't think that say the likes of the commercial tv stations here would take the likes of your series on board yeah do i make sense i get where you're coming from yeah that 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 invisible oranges interview was it was actually initially a lot more positive and they decided it? It down okay. to sound, make us all sound like a bunch of whingy little cunts <laughs> They were like, oh, they won't play our heavy metal music on the radio. No, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a strange one, to be honest with you. I don't think it would translate all that well in terms of... I just don't know if people, the, the, the masses are that interested in it. 
I think initially I wanted to get more interest from people who weren't necessarily into the music onto watching the show or the the episodes, but I don't think it's really happened, which is fine. You can't force people to watch it. Then again, saying that if it was released in a cinema and there was like you had to pay in to see it people probably would go see it because they'd be like oh this is art it's on the internet probably they don't want to give it their time it's the funny the way people work when it comes to these things if when it eventually gets into the cinema and there's like five stars in the guardian they'll go see it but no i don't know I, there's the well, hoping yeah you've you've got a sack load of cash you can give me after this i assume to, to make that the promoter yeah, yeah yeah no i don't know i I think if it was on TV, people probably would watch it. But at the same time, they'd probably put it at like two in the morning and yeah, be quite passive. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, it's it's really hard to know. I I have no intentions of ever trying to pitch it to TV at all. I guess yeah. you know. I, I we've had a few screenings of the films at various places at this point. Or the Roadburn Festival. The Roadburn Festival recently enough actually, yeah. which was brilliant and that well received. Yeah, by the handful of people who might have been not at the bar at the time when they were playing I'm sure sure someone watched it and said was that it wasn't in between bands or was yeah it well it was it was kind of they were showing the films that before the bands were going on and we had all sorts of technical problems and it didn't work out quite the way I wanted it but at the same time it was just great seeing it on a fucking huge big screen um, I we had a premiere with the Alenkis one actually at the Indie Cork Festival last year, but I wasn't able to make it down for it. So this was the first time I'd seen any of them on the big screen, and I thought I I was really impressed. I thought I did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, <laughs> You're like a range of queue of people to slap you on the back. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, I, I my queue of people, my friend who was with me thought it was thought it was great. Really? He said, "Good work, man." Uh, but no, it was it was cool to see them on the big screen. Um, I never really had any intentions of putting them anywhere else other than where they are. I don't know. We, who knows? I I think the way the media works in this country, anyway, I don't think they'd be into it unless it was like shorts. Don't really work that well on TV. I don't think. I don't think. I always find them a strange, a strange medium for short films. I don't really know where short films belong. To be honest with you, I always think TV is a bit of an awkward place for them because they're always sandwiched in between other things yeah 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 they work well in showcases late news and a movie or something like, yeah I don't really know I yeah. can't remember the last time I saw a short film on, on TV but you know it kind of struck me as stuff that TG Carr would show you know Jesus yeah mm. maybe so yeah I don't mm. know Um, yeah like I think if you were to make a proper documentary um, and sell it to them it would probably would work I think if RTE were to go themselves about trying to make something like this, I don't think any of the bands would want to be involved at all. It would probably come across so fucking cheesy as well. Well, they could get your one off the news. I don't know. One of them to, to go and interview the bands and stand in the back of fucking Voodoo Lounge with a microphone and talk in front of it. With chaos in the background. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be beautiful. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> fantastic day for Irish television. 6-1. <laughs> right after the Angels. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe TV3 might pick up on it. Yeah. Get it. Marty Whelan or someone. <laughs> Marty the Metaler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it music-wise, like in terms of radio, we've always had a weird one. Anyway, like I mean, I remember growing up in RTE, Two FM had the, the metal show, the metal show, which yeah. was absolutely this brilliant. Is JK on the radio. JK on the radio. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I used to tape it every Sunday night so I could listen to the tape throughout the week. 
uh, that was for me was where I got into so many bands and it's the first place I heard a lot of Irish stuff I remember hearing Pruicon for the first time on the JK show I mean that was and they were playing alongside like Fate No More and whatever other death metal stuff was on as well you yeah. know I mean it was a really good time but that once again that didn't last too long I don't think I think that was only a couple of years was it all yeah that, it, I was actually the first my first exposure to like death metal and that like yeah yeah go through the vocal I remember yeah same here like, yeah holy shit what is this yeah I you see I, like, I suppose at the time that was on I would have been like 13 maybe 14 I suppose so that's probably around like 93 94 yeah. or something I, I can't even remember what year that was on but yeah it was it was I would have been in the same boat as you that would have been the, my first exposure to death metal stuff as well and it was funny to have it on a Sunday night as well you know like it might have been on after something like I don't know Tony Fenton or something yeah you know? I, I have no idea because yeah. I used to just turn it on you got two hours I think you had the sound cellar top 10 and yeah that's after it. that then it was um, you always played a demo of an Irish band I think before 9 o'clock or something mm. or after 9 so I was around then he'd like yeah but it was great it was a great yeah. show yeah. that was it and I, like, I know other stations have always tried to have something on it like Phantom I think did a metal show and I know recently there was metal notes on the 2XM is back on but to be honest I, I, I listen to it and it's just I don't know it's very American orientated even though they, they play a lot of everything it's very weird saying something that sounds commercial metal there's not very much in terms of what I consider real underground metal yeah, on it yeah. I suppose and that's but, what you know that's what makes it underground metal you know Cause yeah you know, yeah well as we were saying earlier is the difference with bands going for trying to sound like Slipknot or something like that yeah. no one wants to listen to it in this country I think you know people just instantly look at it and say that's not real to me it's it sounds phony it sounds like trying to be something else that doesn't really work and I'd say it's, it's a frustrating experience for those bands that's probably why most of them don't really last that long I think yeah, yeah. anyway yeah there you go well, that's that's <laughs> Irish media for you in, in terms of TV I don't know John I get back hates the Irish media I do I don't I, <laughs> I do I don't I do I don't I, uh. I do and I don't <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I really don't have much dealings with yeah, yeah. RTE at all. So I've never, I've never experienced anything with them. I can't say yeah. anything good or bad. Really, I suppose it's underground stuff. That's you know? it. You know, I think that that's what it boils down to. It it is where it is because there's not a genuine interest in it. Like I'm, they'd never end up playing Malthusian on fucking I don't know fm 104 it's not gonna happen you know and i don't think the band would ever want something like that to happen either it doesn't make any sense i remember years ago you remember it was top 30 hits um it was like a tv show where they ran through the top 30 in the charts yeah not for half an hour but i remember was it one of these things with no actual presenter or something they, uh, yeah. yeah i think it was just like they'd show a clip of yeah the video. but uh sepultura were in the charts at one stage it was like <laughs> in between a shaggy and fucking like, <laughs> informer you know yeah. roots bloody roots i was like they, they skipped past that fairly quickly <laughs> yeah, it was just a glancing moment of chaos you're like oh god i should have you you probably remember with the likes of fate no more on top of the pops and stuff like that yeah one of the few bands i think ever to play it without lip syncing really i think so yeah i remember nirvana played it and they didn't they just made it look so obvious and that's right Cobain sang it at an octave lower or something and just, yeah they just made it look so ridiculous yeah uh, that, well that's it you know it's it's an awkward place when that stuff ends up in the <laughs> it's an awkward place <laughs> anyway what got you into film originally john 
Um, or filmmaking, I should say. Did you study it, actually? Did I you? did study, yeah. Okay, yeah. I studied in Colossia Dulig in Kulak um, back in 2001, I think. Many, many years ago. I can't even remember it was that long ago. I'm, I'm old and haggard now. And you look very remember. old. <laughs> I'm <But> very haggard. <laughs> That's what Fracture did to you. Yes, this is it. Uh, so uh, what was that a degree course was it or uh, I did the diploma I didn't go on to do the degree okay. um, which I now regret because I'm old and I don't have a degree in something I really like mm. and now ah, I'm well, too you know. old and like fuck it do I want to go back and do a degree but you could I, do it by night I could mm. you never know give up the podcast career yeah this <laughs> just is go to college and do I something profitable I think my podcast career ended about maybe half an hour <laughs> Uh, and you were recording me taking a piss in the toilet that time uh anyway i don't know really what got me into wanting to do film i, I always really loved film i mean as a kid I, I was absolutely obsessed with with film um i really always liked horror stuff as well uh i think then as my teens went on i really wanted to be an actor believe it or not when i was about like 12 and then I was like, I'm not a very good actor. I think I'd be more interested in what's going on behind cameras and kind of got interested from that point of view. And then I think I was really good at art when I was in my teens and I was kind of being groomed to go and do something in art. And I had a really good art teacher in my school. She was really encouraging and there was a few of us that she kind of got together and was kind of like, she'd bring us to the open days of the colleges and stuff and around that time i bought a camera like a video camera with my brother back in like well, must have been the mid mid to late 90s i suppose and we just started fucking around with it we had a guy who was staying with us at the time my parents used to take students in and this guy was a photographer and he also did film stuff and he used to like show us the films that he made and he would have been like five years older than me i suppose and like he was into martial arts and like shit like that like he had a film of him throwing himself out of a tree Badass. and like shit like that you know yeah, and, yeah. but it was cool because there was edits in it and there was like okay. stunts and it was kind of stuff that you're like this is kind of cool you know this is the kind of stuff i can imagine me making and we got a camera and we started making stuff and he'd kind of give us a bit of advice and stuff like that on things and my brother has since moved on to much more lucrative career <laughs> options and uh no jumping out of trees no jumping out of trees or any nonsense like that the same with like my cousin had a video camera we used to always do stuff and i always really loved it i just loved the whole nonsensical stuff we used to do and i think then i just kind of went from that i decided then instead of going to study art i wanted to do film and then just started concentrating on that then a lot more it turns out one of my friends then wanted to do it as well so the two of us kind of used to get together with scripts and just film our own shit and try and make it work and make it better and like they were absolutely fucking terrible things we were making but this is back in our late teens i guess but you got to start somewhere and that got me into college at least one of the shorts we made with that and from there then kind of just went with it okay were you always a documentarian at heart or no not no. at all i actually never saw myself doing documentary stuff ever and it was only when i think maybe around 2012 it was like someone i think said to me oh i should look at doing some documentary stuff and i was like yeah but what you know no idea i've no fucking interest really in doing stuff and like the only things i could think of i could be interested in doing documentaries on were things that people were probably doing already i guess you know and then it's, that's the whole thing about it, trying to find something that 
is a unique and, almost, yeah. and almost just mm-hmm. something that hasn't been done i guess and i think that's probably i don't know a light bulb went off my head and was like oh hey i really like this music that no one is doing anything with at all maybe i could do something there so that's how documentary stuff came about i'd never had thought about it before and i'm not sure if it's something i would do after i'm finished fractured but i do i have to say i really enjoyed everything with it so far and i think if i could find a subject that was interesting to me as much as i love the music and fractured i think i probably would do it it's the passion for the subject matter that's yeah that's really, it absolutely yeah. i mean if I, if I didn't like this music i wouldn't be doing it as i said already and i think i can't see me just going to make a documentary about like i don't know someone building a house or something like that i think i'd just draw myself off the fucking house i just wouldn't do it you know i just i i, I couldn't imagine spending because you have to spend so much time on documentary stuff more so than you would on a an average film you're constantly just like following subjects or planning stuff like that and you're filming so much stuff that you don't know is even going to be used and i think i would want to get back to doing narrative fiction i think maybe for a bit i suppose you've got more artistic sway with that in a sense you know then you know you can put more of your i suppose artistic stamp on it where with a documentary or painting a very kind of vivid picture of, yeah well of uh, saying that i think that's i would say probably fractured is dishonest in terms of documentary in many ways as well and that it is quite stylized it's not really like i'm selecting camera shots and doing certain things now i'm not staging anything in what i'm filming but at the same time it's not like i'm just letting the camera roll and doing stuff i'm very selective about the way i put shots together and that's done to create a feel that you're watching something that isn't quite just traditional documentary as well it's the same stylistic reasons i guess i chose not to have people talking into a camera and i didn't want to do something that's been done so many times already i guess i think i just wanted to do something that felt a bit more fresh and i think i definitely feel that it's kind of working like whereas i think if if i was to try and do a bit more of a traditional documentary it would have fallen apart fairly quickly i think it wouldn't fit my stylistic choices and how i want to put something like that together but it's interesting, I think, probably from doing the documentary stuff is actually leading back to more stuff. I have a lot of music videos that I'm now working on, I think, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't doing documentary. And I think I'm veering away from just, like, band performance kind of stuff as well. So I'm kind of getting back to doing more image-based stuff, I guess, you know, which is what is interesting to me, you know. And it'll 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 come back to something in the something, end something yeah you know so you just gotta follow your follow that's it you know like at, at the moment i'm doing so much music based stuff that i'm just like oh but that's what i'm interested in at the moment and i'm enjoying it because it's fast it's quick in terms of the turnover with them you know relatively speaking i guess so i do have plans for doing other non-documentary stuff this year so It'll happen. And you worked freelance for a few years, did you? As a filmmaker? Or yeah, yeah. DOP. Yeah, I, well, I worked with my brother-in-law at uh, Script to Screen Media in the UK. Uh, he's actually doing an awful lot of stuff in documentary at the moment. He's just wrapped up on a documentary about um, the murder of a young boy by a policeman in South America. So fairly heavy stuff, very different from what i'd be doing but that's getting fairly well received at the moment what's so. the name of his uh production does he have a production company or yeah script to screen s2s s2s media okay uh you'll get them on facebook 
Um, I think the documentary is currently called The Other Side of the Postcard. David Morris is his name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it, it's something I think once again for him, the opportunity arose to work on that. and It was something different from what we'd been doing together as well. We were doing an awful lot of commercial stuff and music videos and bits and pieces. and Yeah, just... That would have really been the last three years, I suppose, of, of what I've been doing there. Yeah. Did, and did you find that that kind of s- sapped your passion for filmmaking or, or work? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll choose my words carefully. Uh, no, I mean, I, it, it's tough, you know, when you're working at something, when you're freelancing at anything at all, whether it's film or music or art or graphic design, it's it's hard to keep yourself mentally kind of focused on finding something great in what you're doing. And sometimes you get that and sometimes you don't, especially with a lot of the commercial stuff you do. It's not the most exciting stuff in the world, but we still had a great time doing it in terms of like, we'd always have fun on shoots and whatever else and it paid. But at the same time, I found that when you're trying to chase after work, freelancing is just one of the hardest things that I think you can do with an artist. And I do consider film art and I think it was, I was getting so stressed out over it that I just needed to take a break from that as well, I think, and step back a bit and actually just find what it was I loved about doing film again. And luckily enough, Fracture kind of came up last year as well when I was feeling dorsed about the other kind of stuff and Fracture was so well received that it kind of made me realise, you know what, I really do enjoy this aspect of it. You know, this is, for me, this is what it's all about. It wasn't necessarily about trying to get the next big job, you know. It's good to dip your toe into it though and realise... You know, that the grass isn't always greener, you know? No, well, this is it, you know? I mean, it's uh, it's something that I would say that I've definitely taken from the bands I've been working with that I'd rather be 100% engaged and passionate about the thing I was creating than having to be worried about what whether it was making the money or not, you know? At least if you're just creating it for the sake of it, you're happy with it and people will get into it then because they know that it's it's coming from a real place I guess you know and it's something that you have to you don't have to think about whether oh is this something that is commercial or whatever you know you can yeah. just create it for the sake of creating it and if people get into it they can if you don't make money at it then it's fine because that wasn't your reason for for doing it in the first place yeah there's a real freedom to it in a sense when you can when you're just doing it for the sake of for the art yeah itself, absolutely you know? yeah i mean like i you have 100 percent respect for the people who can do both and make money at it and still be artistic i just wasn't particularly good at it i don't think i think that's what it boils down to you know i mean and you know what that's fine there you go c'est la vie you know? yeah that's it yeah. you know and it's it's tough for everybody you know i know lots of people who been at it for years and just find it i mean that's that's film in general anyway you know it, like if you want to be a director the hardest thing to do it's one of the hardest things you can do because you have to convince other people to let you to direct product projects or whatever else it's easier if you say i want to be like a sound rec- or you work on sound or you want to be a camera assistant or something like that but even then anyone who goes to work as a camera assistant generally, ha- generally has ambitions to be a director of photography and you, have to, you can work your way up through it it's harder to do that as a director i think um you can do, people do it but assistant directing isn't the same as directing and i think a lot of people make that mistake of thinking well if i go in and work as a camera assistant at least i'm working on a set and someday someone will turn around to me and give me a job as a director that doesn't happen unfortunately so it's tough you know i mean 
I suppose it's all about commitment and yeah I mean just be be 100% honest with yourself and say what is it you want to do if it, if whether if it's in film or music or whatever it is you're choosing to do uh, like if I want to be a director you have to go out and direct stuff and no one's going to give you that job unless you can prove that you can do it it's, it's a tough thing to do you know it's the least lucrative way to go and try and make make a career at something yeah, yeah make ends meet from something yeah. yeah that's it because the same with like writing is tough as well that's probably one of the another really hard thing i mean there's no easy way to any of these things at all uh trying to get a job in the industry in the first place can be tough you know a lot of knocking on doors and being pushed back and you just have to keep at it keep I guess. going yeah yeah i mean that's it just make that decision that is what you want to do and if you want to do it just go and that's it in terms of stuff outside of the documentary world or the realm you said you made some short film and stuff did you would you script all of that as well yeah 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 um i mean so is writing a part of your writing to be honest with you if i could do anything at all it would just be writing um unfortunately i don't think i'm that good (laughs) (laughs) i've I've been i I mean like i'm I try. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dryer. No, uh, I, I absolutely love writing and I continue to write scripts all the time. I We've come close to getting funding for some things and just being shot down at the last minute. And that happens, you know, that's the nature of it. But you just have to keep at that as well, you know. Um, I've written a couple of short films that I've shot and most of them would be pretty awful. I wouldn't ever show them to anyone. At least not someone like you who's going to be talking about them. <laughs> uh, but no, I am. I've I've written a short script that I'll be shooting this year. Okay, cool. So uh, that's once again that comes with maturity and stuff like mm. that. Like I mean, I've been writing for fifteen years, and everything you write gets better and better and better. Mm. So at this point, I should be writing Citizen Kane too, I suppose. But <laughs> but as uh, when you're writing, are you writing with a f- like the firm idea of like? It, it's almost your vision is complete in a sense in terms of you can almost see it on screen as you're writing it yes and no i think i the problem was i used to write things thinking oh this is my budget and i'll write it within that budget and then you kind of lose scope for what can be in terms of you know that's it's always bad a bad idea to write like that you know i think these days i write with thinking this is i'll have whatever million needs to be used on, to make this movie and you write it from that point of view and don't bother either censoring yourself or reining yourself in on what you think it should be because a good script should be a good script if it's good enough to be read by someone in the Irish film boards then there you go you know what I mean so it's down to whether the script is good or not whether as to whether it's actually viable to do I guess that's if that makes any sense these days I tend to write whatever the mood I happen to be in um, if I, because I've never actually had something funded I don't bother thinking about if I'll get funded or not so I just write you know yeah. that's the thing once again I think you, you find that freedom as well when you kind no, of, you have no limits to your yeah thinking, sure what's, what's the point you know mm-hmm. I mean there's no point in me sitting here going well I don't think I could get 10 million I'll write to maybe get 2 million I mean I'm not going to get any million to yeah. make something so <laughs> just fucking write it whatever way you want to write it yeah. and if it's good someone might read it and if someone I've got people who read scripts for me and they say that's good that's bad you know they change that bin that you know so yeah 
that's it you know like if they one of them says this is absolutely brilliant this needs to be read by somebody then that's when i would probably pursue trying to get something read by somebody i yeah. suppose <laughs> writing's hard man it's 50 million cgi budget alone <laughs> yeah yeah and that's just to, to make me look attractive on <laughs> when all of a sudden i decide to be an actor again leading men <laughs> yeah well it's my fucking movie i'll do what i want <laughs> You'll it's my every part. <laughs> <laughs> But this yeah, is my movie <laughs> yeah well, I did tell you I'm writing Nutty Professor 4 yeah. <laughs> I'll be playing all the parts uh, the Irish Eddie Murphy but, uh, yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what else interests you outside of music and um, did I read somewhere did you like home brewing yes yes oh, I do yeah um, where did I read that I don't know did I say something about it perhaps did no, I, I, I I must have done research oh yeah you've been stalking me on I'm Facebook I'm such a pro Um. I, I I brew yes yeah. I do brew from home. Yeah. Uh, I just something I got into beers, ciders, beer. Okay, big into pale ales, okay. stout, IPA. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I it's just I, it's a good hobby. One of my friends got me into it. Uh, just doing beer kits, whatever else you know. Okay. Uh, how do you regulate the strength of alcohol in a beer? How do you do it? Yeah. Oh, this is a long a long story. Is it? Well, it all depends on the how much sugar you're putting into it. <laughs> Oh, it's but the I mean, sugar. Okay, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the sugar reacts with the the yeast. Okay, and that's where your alcohol is fermented. Okay, because uh, yeah. you just gotta be careful in case you make <laughs> well a super it, intense it's, brew. It's a it's a science, man. <laughs> this isn't just it's an art. You don't just fucking well, throw these things together and yeah. hope something works out. Well, that's how I make my beer. Yeah, it is a lot thrown together. No, it it's it's it, there is very strict ways of doing these things. And you should know exactly how strong something is when it's finished, if you're using the proper instruments. I don't drink, so can you make alcohol-free beer? <laughs> you don't drink? No, I don't drink. Jesus, there you no, go. No. Can you make alcohol-free beer? You could, but I'd say it would taste lousy. Okay. I think at most alcohol-free beer tastes good. It tastes good to me, man. Do they, yeah? Brewdog make a, a nanny state. It's, um, right. Oh, Brewdog like are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Brewdog are really good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay, cue slightly token closeout questions. Yes. This is my usual thing. Uh, an album or a band that have inspired you a lot? Fuck. I assume you can edit out this long pause. No. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect. You're going to hear people the want, people want crickets these. in my skull now for a minute. <laughs> Jesus. Um, something that inspired me a lot. There's stuff I would listen to a lot, I guess, in terms of when I'd be writing and a lot of it would be stuff like um like ambient kind of drone stuff um i'm trying to think of specific albums that i like i actually would listen to i i used to in the past and i still i guess i do the likes of lust mord i listen to a lot of lust mord on a loop really when i'm writing just for atmospherics um i quite like a lot actually do some work a couple of Irish artists that I would I've been listening to a lot lately when writing. Uh Brian Kniff, one of them actually. Uh Rory O'Bagnell. Don't know. Maybe. You don't know him. He does kind of dark ambient kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. They listen to stuff like that. Listen to a lot of shit like fucking funeral doom and like real dark kind of death metal stuff. But I I I I think probably Lust Mord would be one of the most influential just in terms of I just think it's really kind of cinematic in my head as well when I'm listening to it. Oh cool. Yeah. Favorite um favorite movie, favorite movie, my favorite film of all time is still Taxi Driver. Yeah, and if you were to 
pick something that might be a little bit obscure that you would recommend someone to view like or even listen to like a movie or an album what would you do probably be um the fractured series <laughs> yeah this really cool documentary series by this really cool guy uh i don't know actually i think film wise one of another one of my absolute favorite films is one that's rarely seen by people but i kind of try and pimp it as often as i can it's a film called angst Okay. I it's uh I I think it's like a Belgian film. I okay. think it's Belgian. But it's just it was made in the early eighties about like a serial killer and it's just one of the most fucking bonkers movies. I don't mean bonkers in terms of violence, I just mean in terms of the use of music of and okay, yeah. the way it was shot. It's like it's I think filmmakers are only really catching up to that to the style of that now, you know. Mm. I think it it was really far ahead of its time and it still holds up really well. Angst angst if you're into like extreme kind of european dark kind of cinema you'd definitely enjoy it let me check that out yeah definitely my cup of tea so fractured if uh if you were going to make anything say following on from this the, the series of documentaries would you keep the name fractured or would you or is that purely associated with those documentaries is that i don't like know it's, it's it's i'm currently trying to put things together for a feature length documentary okay uh we will be applying for funding and stuff like that for it and hopefully we might meet with some level of success yeah. whether it keeps the name fractured i don't know mm. it's a bit of a debate i'm having at the moment it's identifiable almost to me anyway and the mm. people who are watching it it's rec- it's a recognizable name mm. whether that means much to the greater outside of that though i don't really know mm. so that's something that i'll be thinking about I, I would like to think that we could keep fractured in it somewhere but even say if you were to release a short movie say two years down the road would you release it as like say fractured promotions or would it just be oh no no, no? Okay. Def- never again okay <laughs> <laughs> you're done no once fractured's done it'll be done i okay. think to be honest with you it's I tried to access your website today, actually. I couldn't get onto it. Oh, no. Is that fra- fracturedmusic.org? Yeah, it's not working. Uh, no, I couldn't get onto it for some reason. The bastards. It limited my research time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Seeing that I had researched this. What, what, when, do we re- when do we schedule this interview oh, originally? Back in December. December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I'll actually check there again. But I don't know. I, yeah, well, I should be up and working. I know there was a problem with it a few weeks ago. Okay. But um, I'll get onto it and have a. I'll, have a, yeah. I'll sort it out for you man sorry <laughs> hold on hold on we might be onto something no no can't find server no yeah so anyway I'll sort that out but no I think but once can, everything related to this documentary and it can be found on fracturedmusic.org yes when it's working when it's, <laughs> when it's working and is There's there a fractured a, Facebook page there is indeed a, a fractured Facebook page I think it's the same a okay. fractured music okay uh, yeah you'll find me there and there's all seven documentary so far are on youtube they are yeah. yeah uh the second half of the series should be kicking off in mid june okay uh i won't say who's involved just in case things burn down to the ground and okay. people don't want to be working with me after this <laughs> but uh no it should but be is, is is episode eight pretty much ready to oh, go episode eight is fully done and dusted. Okay. it hasn't been quite finished in terms of editing and mixing and stuff but that's the quickest part of it really to be honest which is the shooting is the hardest part and that's all done okay uh yeah so ready to roll on that most of the other ones are done bar one or two and i have to f- just a few little kind of tweaks yeah mm. bells and whistles and stuff like that you know so we're nearly there yeah so yeah 
if you want to find any of John's amazing documentary work, <laughs> go to thefractionedmusic.org. John, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming over. No worries it's at been all. A, it's been a while in the making, but yeah, I think it's yeah. been worth it for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good fun. Yeah, brilliant. Best of luck, whatever, in Thank the future. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Be good.